BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dubs Talk podcast. Any time of day is a Baconator time. Yes, we're presented by Wendy's Baconate in the AM with Wendy's Breakfast Baconator. All the bacon, yes, now for breakfast. Try this one free with any in-app purchase. Always be Baconating at participating U.S. Wendy's. And now Drew, thank you for that joining. That was a lot of bees. Breakfast, bacon, Yes. Baconate, is that a verb to baconate? I think, I think we're going to keep it as a verb. Now, I know you're a big bacon guy and you're a huge breakfast guy, right? Yes. Now, you and I are about to dive into uh, the, how the preseason went and our, our season predictions and all that fun stuff. But can I just flex for a second here, please? Wendy's hooked uh, me up sure. with so much stuff. Look at my background, first of all. Look at these. Can you see that? Oh, I can see it, and I'm starting to get a little upset. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get any. I'm going to be honest with you. You're not getting any. I got all of it. They gave Why? me the, <laughs> these are Frostachinos. I got a chocolate and a vanilla. I got, I, let me put this out there. I got a Baconator, a honey chicken biscuit combo, a maple bacon chicken croissant, a classic bacon egg and cheese sandwich. I got all this stuff. They just hooked me up. Meanwhile, I'm sitting over here like I'm Steven Glansberg without my lunch. This is or breakfast, whatever you want to call. It. You can eat that any time of day. You can make eggs at two in the morning. That's when. How many times did you and I get breakfast in Vegas? Yes. In the, the middle of the league. night, of course we would find the Wendy's in Vegas. Of course. Duh. But yeah, no, this is absurd. Wendy's. Um, I'm still going to eat your food, but I'm pretty disappointed about this. And honestly, something needs to change. I don't know why I agreed <laughs> to come onto this podcast. This is absurd. Yeah, yeah, just just the worst for you. But um, by the way, Steven Glansberg, great super bad reference right there. For if anyone didn't get that, watch Super Bad. Anyway, and don't listen to this podcast if you don't get that reference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, Wendy's, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to read off a little thing here because I, I'm excited about something. I want to show you. Wendy's has a breakfast worth talking about, talking, not talking, like the breakfast Baconator, stacked with six, Drew, six strips of bacon, the Frosted Chinos, sweet Frosty Creamer. It's actually incredible. It's not even fair. But also this app. And all I need Whoa. to do, yeah, the Wendy's app, look, you can have it. I don't know if you can read it. You can get it delivered or you can pick up your food. You just put in your address right here. And, and this is true. And I'm going to say it one more time. You can try a bre breakfast Baconator for free with any purchase in this Wendy's app. I absolutely love this app. It is incredible. They have hooked me up. Okay, two things. Number one, um, speaking of address, Wendy's clearly doesn't have mine because <laughs> I didn't receive any of this food. Number two, oh that little God. read that you just did, did yeah. it actually say talking with an apostrophe at the end? Oh, there's no G. It was an apostrophe. Wendy's gets it, man. 
Yeah, they do, right. except they don't get me food. <laughs> well, anyway, this is incredible. I want to go finish this. Yeah, Wendy's this app, is... get a free breakfast Baconator. Enjoy it. This is absolutely incredible. Which one is this? At least, at least one of us is having fun right now, and that's, that's okay. This is the that's honey 50%. And Steph Curry shoots about that from the field. Wow, that was solid full circle stuff. That was really good. Steph Curry's the Baconator. This might be this might be the Kelly Oubre. Very underrated. This is the honey chicken biscuit combo. It's incredible. Anyway, um, I'm going to go eat this now. And um, when we come back, why don't we do a little season preview and we'll, do, uh, we'll talk about the preseason. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, Kelly Oubre dunking on Steph Curry. Yes. In dunking the on uh, Warriors game earlier this week uh, against the Kings. Yeah. All right, Drew. Let's do this. Okay, I'm hungry. Are you faithful to the Bay? 49ers 2021 season tickets are available now and locations are filling up quickly. Lock in your seats today to secure your spot for next season. For more information, visit 49ers.com slash season tickets. Woo, Drew, that was uh, an experience. I feel full and uh, satiated. And now I think I'm ready to talk about the Warriors. Yeah, well, guess what? I don't feel those things because I still need to have those things sent to me. Yeah. Um, Wendy's, I, yeah, not happy right now. I'm not happy about this. Wendy's is on your naughty list. Is that what it is? Isn't that what you say at this time of year? Yes. Nice reference. Very Thank good you. reference. Thank you so much. Okay. You know, real quick. Yeah. We, uh, my, my wife and I actually have uh, allowed Chip to watch some of the movie Elf. We watched it together. How'd that go? Yeah. It, it, we've broke it up into chunks and he loves it. He just walks around the house saying, big Santa, big Santa. That's all he says. <laughs> well, I mean, I say the same thing every time I watch it. It is one of the greater movies of all time. Not just Christmas movies, just greater movies. Fact. So, Drew, um, how about this? For There's different ways to break down what we've watched. You know, obviously the preseason is now done. We are four days away from the regular season starting. So let's break down, why don't we just see like player by player how they did in the preseason and, and just kind of what we expected. Are we encouraged? Are there issues? You know, all that. What do you think? I like it. And yeah, you said four days until the preseason opener. We are recording this on Friday morning. You never know what could happen over the weekend when it comes to uh, Draymond Green and James Wiseman and their availability for that season right. opener on Tuesday. So uh, yes, Friday morning right now. So who knows what's going to happen over the weekend. I mean, we wake up. James Harden could get traded. <laughs> we wake up this morning and Jeremy Lin now is kind of, but not really a G League war. I don't really know what to do with that. Hey, actually, let's start, let's start with that right now, just because I got the Santa Cruz uh, hoodie on. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Lin. So we wake up and Sham Sharani of The Athletic says that Jeremy Lin is signing a contract with Golden State Warriors. Now, that was confusing in itself because he made it sound as if he's getting a, you know, a, a roster spot on the Golden State Warriors. But then it turns into uh, uh, Anthony Slater of the Athletic says is an Exhibit 10 contract in which he would be assigned to the G League team, Santa Cruz. But then Jeremy Lin tweets out that, whoa, everyone slowed your role. Uh, I didn't agree to anything. There's still you know, decisions to be made. Yeah, so Shams' original tweet of finalizing a deal with the Warriors had Warriors Twitter abuzz thinking that he all of a sudden – just usurped Michael Mulder or Juan Toscano Anderson possibly for that 15th and final roster spot. Everyone was like, whoa, what is going on? Um, and then, yes, we find out that, no, actually, he's, this is just going to probably be a, um, 
a, a deal where the mechanics are that he signs with the Warriors for about 10 minutes and then gets waived and gets immediately assigned to Santa Cruz. And, um, you know, that would lead you to believe that if this deal ends up actually being finalized, that the Santa Cruz Warriors will be participating in whatever G League season there is this year. Um, all indications point to some sort of bubble environment in the Atlanta area. Um, but hey, Warriors fans really shouldn't be too surprised by this Jeremy Lin situation because in November, uh, photos surfaced of him working out, playing open gym with the Warriors over at uh, the University of San Francisco. So he's trying to make an NBA comeback, and it sounds like he's going to possibly start that journey uh, wearing a Santa Cruz Warriors uniform. I'm rooting for him, local guy. Everyone knows his story. He's, he's supposed to be a great dude. Um, I, I'm rooting for him, but it's, it's a long journey to where he wants to end back up, especially if it's with the Golden State Warriors. So we'll keep tabs on it, Drew. I mean, if, you, if, he's, if he's doing G League games, you'll be uh, broadcasting them most likely. So, uh, You think I'm not excited about watching the Jeremy Lin, Nico Mannion backcourt? Let's go. <laughs> Nico's staying his let's time. Okay, go. let's get to the player play because I was about to say something Nico Mannion, but let's save it because now let's go player by player. Um, it, I, I mean, it'd be really weird if we didn't start with Steph Curry. Steph, the, the thing about Steph Curry that I'm most encouraged and excited about is the first game you could see him kind of feeling out the game, right? And he looked a little rusty, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't really in rhythm yet, but he was just kind of feeling himself out out there. But my goodness, these last two games against the Kings, who are not exactly your best defensive team in the league, um, yes, I love the early jab at Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> Just you know, Hassan Whiteside, I don't think was in twenty feet range of him when he was at the three point line. I, 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 it I was like think. he was treating Steph Curry like it was you. <laughs> I thought you were going with Draymond Green, but fine, me. Um, Whoa, yeah. why are we calling out? That's not cool. Draymond's listening. Hey, Draymond. So I just, I, I'm just so excited to see Steph Curry shooting and. It's the most exciting part is that he was launching threes mm. and the amount he was putting up would shatter. If he did this in the regular season, it would shatter the amount of attempts he's ever done in a, in a game. I mean, uh, per game in his career. So um, I'm all here for it. I'm here for Steph taking 15 threes a game. And I think there actually is a chance he does it. He attempted 13 in each of the two preseason games in Sacramento. And he did that in 29 and 28 minutes. So if he plays 34 minutes uh, a game, which is the number that Steve Kerr has said he would like to see Steph at, although Steph then commented and said that he's going to try to bump that up. <laughs> uh, some of it's going to depend on, you know, how things are going in the fourth quarter right. for the Warriors. But yeah, he, he really looked like someone who... I mean, it's just going to be routine to see him attempt 17, 18 threes. And good. As you said, good. That's what he should be doing, especially if he's playing against Hassan Whiteside every single game. Well, that's the thing. Again, the, the crazy part was he didn't force probably any of these shots. These are actually good shots he took. So wide open. Exactly. Against tougher defenses, sure, maybe he'll have to force a couple if he's trying to get that many attempts up. Or, you know, he just won't get 15 attempts. But I mean, against a defense like that, he just, he probably could have taken 25 threes by the end of that game if he wanted to. 
And this season might be the one where you start looking at it and say, Clay Thompson's record of 14. Yeah. You, you don't know because, I mean, if he's launching shots. But that would really be rude of Steph to break yeah, that record without Clay on the court with him, right? You should just stop. I feel like once he gets to 13, just stop. Or, no, tie. Get okay. to 14 with about, you know, four minutes to go in the third quarter. Right. So he still could make like 20. But then just, you know, maybe just walk off the court. Yeah, a statement. Just walk statement. off the court. Doesn't matter um, if it's a close game. Doesn't matter. Just walk off the court. Yeah, no, that would that would cause quite a stir on Twitter, <laughs> I think. I think that would be uh, considered a moment. I think, I think uh, the media would have a fun time with that. Us yeah, so members. also just within the conversation of Steph launching threes, we probably should just acknowledge the fact that the Warriors are going to average 83-point attempts per game. Yeah, I mean, obviously when we get to Wiggins and Oubre, it's part of it. But Steve Kerr has encouraged the Warriors to start shooting more threes. And fans should well, be excited. Yes and no. He, he, he has said that he simply just wants better spacing. Yes. Which, which will naturally lead to more threes. Yes. Um, He's encouraging them to space the floor, which leads correct. to more threes. But, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting because it's, right now they have worse shooters than they've had in the last few years on their team. And now they're going to probably jack up more than they did in the past which you may think is counterintuitive and counterproductive, but at the same time, it actually helps with a transition game and slashing. So it's, it's, it's kind of like chess. I don't know if anyone's watched Queen's Gambit, but you're like a few moves ahead, right? If you space the floor early by shooting threes, you're spreading the floor, and then which allows you to do your strength, which is attack the hoop. Didn't we have a Queen, Queen's Gambit reference on the last pod we did? did or was we? that just like in a phone conversation? I think that was a dream of yours. Good show, by the way. I mean, maybe. Yeah, very, very good show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in the three preseason games, 40, 43, and 43 three-point attempts for the Warriors. And it's just funny because we know that Steve Kerr does not like uh, his teams chucking up threes or hunting threes just because. I mean, he has taken multiple jabs at the Rockets over the years. Um, but if they're good looks and we're and they're within the flow of the offense and they're driving kick or inside out and they are open he he has no problem he just wants the Warriors to get a good high percentage look and I'm sure we'll talk about this as the season goes on on uh on Outsiders which by the way officially back press release and everything we're back we're back uh David West is pumped I know you I know you saw my tweet I did (laughs) um Greg Popovich does not like his teams to launch a bunch of threes, but remember those 2013-14 Spurs all of a sudden started to shoot a bunch of them because they realized this is just the the way to win, and we know that Steve Kerr is heavily influenced by Greg Popovich, so there are some similarities there for sure. It is funny, like the all-time leader in three-point percentage doesn't like his team just launching threes. It is (laughs) interesting. It'd be one thing if it was like a big man being like i believe in post-ups but yeah um is he the leader or is seth curry actually ahead of him i don't know it's one or the other right now i'm not sure it's their their head-to-head um at some point Seth needs to step his game up at some point we just need steve kerr and they almost had a chance steve kerr coaching seth curry and steph curry and just has all and then bring back mark price who's oh no he's free throws i don't know anyway uh drew a segue to catch and shoot threes let's talk about andrew wiggins okay 
um, this may surprise you, but a lot of people on the Twitter sphere uh, had takes about Andrew Wiggins after watching the first two games of preseason and decided that he's a bust and he'll never reform his ways. Then all of a sudden the three, uh, the third game happens. And, and mind you, after the first preseason game, Monty Poole is on this pod and we did talk about it. There are things about encouraging versus discouraging or just things to watch for. And we, we just said Wiggins wasn't playing within the flow of the offense at that point. It's just something to monitor as you go through, whatever, right? People on Twitter took it a little too far. But now you look at the third preseason game, and he did everything you want, right? Offensively, and, you, and I'll have you break it down in a second. He did everything you want. The problem with Andrew Wiggins is finding consistency doing that. Mm-hmm. And that is where some frustration is. Yes, there are going to be people on all sides of the spectrum being like, this guy's terrible because he's had two bad games versus whatever. But there's the people that are more reasonable that say, we need to find consistency to doing what he did in the third preseason game more than flip-flopping between these games. All right, now please break down his game. No, you're absolutely right about that. That's been consistency has been his issue um, throughout his career. He, he has shown flashes, but he just doesn't do it routinely enough where you can feel confident that you are going to get that every single time. And he's going to be able to just elevate his game and, and continue to, to climb the ladder and maybe become an all-star for the first time. But yeah, I mean, after the second preseason game in particular in Sacramento, he went four for 12 from the field. He airballed a mid-range jumper and he, you know, he looked a little bit unsure about when to attack and look for his shot versus when to facilitate, which by the way, he is a very underrated passer. Correct. Like he can create for his teammates. He's good at hesitating and then throwing lobs, throwing cross court passes to the corner for open threes. I mean, he, he's probably, I mean, he's, He's going to finish third on the team in assists, I would say, behind Stefan Draymond. I, I was, think. And I did an article about bold predictions, and I was so close to saying he was going to have a career high in assists this season. The problem I didn't do it was because they're shooting. The spacing's just not as good. So, obviously, the players have to make the shots. So, I was like, sure. I, I don't know. Um, and, and we'll bring this up. And one thing to note, we're talking about him offensively right now. Defensively, yes. he had some chase down blocks. And, the, and, I, will, and I will go out on the limb and say – bold prediction he's going to lead his his career high in blocks per game this season because my god the guy he tries to block shots oh and steals i mean yeah in 12 games with the warriors uh last season he was blowing those numbers away for his career in terms of blocks and steals so that you know that's the article that i wrote after the second preseason game uh in sacramento was like don't just let the four for 12 shooting in the box score make you think that he did not play well because right. he had lots of blocks. He was passing the ball great. Like he, he, yes, he gets beat backdoor every once in a while for sure. So does Kelly Oubre, who we'll talk about here in a minute. But the overall point with Wiggins is that he still is adjusting to playing with Steph Curry. Like, remember, he only played with him one game last year. And now in the preseason here, it takes time. And unfortunately, there's going to be another adjustment and another learning curve for Wiggins when Draymond Green comes back. Mm-hmm. So I, I just already can see in the regular season, there's going to be some games early on where maybe Wiggins does not deliver and Warriors Twitter is going to be going crazy. And our message is just calm down. Like Andrew Wiggins 
in his new role with the Warriors should be a plus player. And he is going to have some games where you're just like, wow, the Warriors won because of Wiggins. So I, I still am optimistic about how he can fit in with the Warriors. And it's a process. And if he's inconsistent, yeah, you know, that's, that's probably going to happen. But calm down, everybody. Calm yeah. down. No, for, for Wiggins, it's just, for me personally, when I'm watching his game, the number one thing is the minute the ball stops in his hands and he starts dribbling through his legs and kind of trying to monitor and then takes a step back shot, that's where it's like, that's, that's not what the Warriors need. No player besides Steph Curry should do that on the Warriors because you don't have to, right? Um, if you feel like you're in that moment, instead of do what you're saying and drive to the middle of the court and pass it, and then you maybe get the ball back potentially. But um, that's, that's going to be the thing. And he's going to make some of those shots, right? He did it in the preseason. He did a couple shots where you're like, whoa, it'll step back three. And you're like, oh man, this guy's great. But that's not the shot Steve Kerr wants. No, but there are going to be some times where he gets the ball with eight seconds to go on the shot yes. clock and he's going to have to create. And the reality is, is it's pretty nice to have that option at least like, sure. yes, his shooting percentages over the years in Minnesota have not been great. And a lot of that is because he's had too many ISO situations, but those are not going to be as frequent this year. And if he can just increase the numbers just a little bit, um, that's going to help the Warriors a lot, especially when he is kind of running the second unit right. at the beginning of the second and fourth quarters, like we assume is going to be the case. If, if Kerr keeps Steph and Draymond together, um, as we have discussed. So the Warriors are going to need Wiggins to score with, without a doubt at, at certain stretches of the game. Um, should we right now talk about your tweet, um, which is, I mean, seriously, it, it, could encap it could be the difference between the Warriors being the four or five seed or in the play-in tournament, and that is can they survive those minutes with Steph on the bench? Yeah, this is the seven-ish seven minutes to start the second quarter and to start the fourth quarter. That, and and uh, one of our favorite accounts, Warriors World, tweeted out, like, have they ever? And I'm like, well, you know, in the past, they had their second unit was Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, David West, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala. I'm like, that, I mean, that's a Hall of Fame. Well, and there were times where Steph and KD would – be on the bench to start the second quarter, but right. Draymond was out right. there. Right, Draymond. Yeah. So the, the point is, is that yes, they've had that those moments in the past, um, and and a lot of it is we, the Warriors should feel encouraged mostly because sure, even though they had moments where they stalled a little bit in those units, Draymond Green and James Wiseman weren't playing, and Eric Pascal sat out the second game. So that's a depth thing that all of a sudden you just expanded what you're able to do in those lineups. And that brings me to Kelly Oubre, who we thought maybe would be in the start of the second quarter. And now it looks like Kerr's trying to keep him with Steph and, uh, and probably Draymond longer in the first quarter and then maybe insert him before Steph in the second. He's tinkering around. But Kelly Oubre, Drew, uh, talk about encouraged. I don't know if the Warriors fully knew what they were getting with Kelly Oubre. They didn't fully understand him. And a lot of people don't. It, it, you didn't know if those numbers were real in Phoenix and what attitude he's going to bring in. But my goodness, the guy's doing everything they could have possibly asked for um, right now. And it's just, it's just hard to think, like, I, he probably would not be on the team if Clay Thompson didn't get hurt. 
But can you imagine if he was on the team with Clay Thompson? It, it's just, it's crazy. And he's, he's an on ball defender right now, his length, there's a good chance he takes over that role from Clay Thompson of defending the point guard, like the scoring guard, because he just hounds the ball. He's all energy. I just love his attitude out there, man. I, I didn't know what to think of him. And because I've seen all the antics in the past, but he's just fun. Like he's, first of all, the lefty shot when it, what's a swish on a three point shot from a lefty like him? Mm-hmm. No, no prettier shot in basketball, but his length, he glides through the air, his follow dunks. He posterized Steph Curry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, he's not going to be, listen, he's not the best player in the league. It sounds like I'm saying he's a hall of famer, but for what the Warriors need, he, he's, he's going to provide that this season. Well, you already mentioned your um, bold and not so bold predictions uh, article from uh, Thursday, Wednesday, a couple of days ago, yesterday. Oh, I don't even I don't know. know where I am. It's Friday morning right now. Yeah. Um, you uh, kind of went out on a limb and said, I mean, it was bold, and that's the point of, of the exercise. You said that he was going to make an all-defense team, be second-team all-defense, and he has not um, earned that distinction yet in his career, but he has said on the record, he was asked about that, and that it would absolutely be a goal of his to, uh, to get there. And after watching him in the preseason, it's more just that you can tell that he gives a F yes. on that end of the floor. Like, his, his reactions – when he gets a deflection or when he knows that he just locked his guy up and it led to a turnover or a shot clock violation or whatever, he gets pumped. He does the head whip thing. He does this thing <laughs> with his hands. I mean, it is, it, it is so much fun to watch him play. And I, I tweeted this during the game on, on, on Thursday, like 2020 is wild. I, I never thought that I was going to tweet out. I really, really love watching Kelly Oubre play basketball. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, here we are, and that's the defensive side on offense, man. Uh, his three-point shot looked really good in the third game, especially. He was four for six after only making one in each of the first two preseason games. And remember his quote early on, right after the Warriors traded for him, when he was asked, can you get that three-point percentage up even higher than 35 like he uh, had with the Suns? And he just said, allow me to show you, sir. And uh, – He's going to have games where he goes 0 for 7 probably, and then you'll have games like that. As long as it evens out to something like a 37% or something, that you know, the, the Warriors would be elated. Um, but you're and right. He's going to be good. open. Yeah. He's going to be open. Like, you can already see, of course, just, just sharing the floor with Steph. Um, and then once Draymond's out there, finding him in transition like we know Draymond can. Um, but, but as for that quote, um, allow me to show you, sir, he also ended one of his uh, media sessions with, all right, loved ones, you have a great one. I am more excited to hear <laughs> him at the podium than I am to watch him play. And that tells you how great of a quote he is. It's going to be just all season long. Like we're going to, we actually should come up with a segment in our show. We got to think of a clever title, right? If you're listening right now, which you are, maybe tweet us some suggestions we got to devote a moment or two to, to Kelly Oubre's quotes. We got to. Yeah. By the way, uh, you know how we have like Drew or false. The other one, Jeff Torini from our studio mentioned, he said, uh, how about Drew, uh, Drew or dare was the other one. That's uh, you know, this, it's another one that we I like do. it. No, I like it. Torini. Torini. Anyway. Um, speaking of the guy who 
pretty much was the starter for the, the Warriors at center. Again, Draymond and Wiseman, we can't talk about them much because they are not uh, playing in preseason right now. But Kavon Looney, great seeing him healthy. Um, he's, he's just – he's slow and steady. He does what he needs to do. I really hope he doesn't shoot as many threes. That's one way to describe it, slow and steady. <laughs> just, I just, he, he was launching threes and trying to do that. And I just – it's funny because when he came into the league, that's what people thought he was going to be was that stretch player. But um, doesn't look like it's going to be there and consistent anytime soon. He'll probably launch a few here or there just to keep a defense honest. But um, just in general, though, you can see his presence out there. When they're trying to, you know, be better in the half court and, and you know, slow things down and try to make things a little calmer defensively, especially, Looney's going to be there. And Looney's going to have some games where he's going to be somebody that you're going to be like, wow, the Warriors don't win that game without Kevon Looney. And there'll probably be games where you're just like, I didn't even notice Kevon Looney was out there. Um, but the, the moral of the story is having him healthy. Warriors feel great about that. No doubt about it. And we know that Steve Kerr loves him and couldn't be happier about that. Um, I, I, you mentioned Wiseman and I don't know. I, I think maybe right now we, should, should we save it for, for later? We'll circle back to what Looney's yeah. role will be. But real quickly, I, I think that even though Looney started these three, these three preseason games and could end up starting the season opener uh, in Brooklyn, depending on Wiseman's availability and if the Warriors just want to throw him out there after no uh, preseason appearances, I think that it's very safe to assume that whenever Wiseman is like up to speed, he will be the Warriors' starting center. Correct. We don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but – Looney in a bench role is that he's best suited for that. Yep. And he, like you said, is going to have some moments where he's just getting multiple offensive rebounds and kicking them out to Steph for three. And he's going to, it's going to be like, wow, the Warriors needed Looney to win that game. But Wiseman is, is coming. Yes. And my goodness, the quotes that we're hearing from the Warriors, let's just save it. People, the excitement for him is off the charts and it seems pretty real. Yeah. When we get to previewing the Nets game super quick, we can bring that up as well. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, Eric Paschal, you missed the second game. They said he could have played. Um, it's just a little soreness, tightness. Um, Eric Paschal, I mean, he didn't do anything that necessarily you would say, wow, he's worlds better than last year, but I don't think they need him to be that. Um, we were looking for the awareness. Steve Kerr said he needs to be more aware defensively, needs, needs to be able to play as a unit, not as much on-ball defense. I know, Drew, we, Monty and I talked about a tweet you put out um, showing that in the first preseason game of him seeing a backdoor cut or and then coming and helping and forcing uh, the out-of-bounds on the baseline. Eric Paschal is going to be a good player for the Warriors. He's going to be a key to uh, a key piece in their second unit. He'll have games where he probably starts, depending on the situation. He'll probably have games where he closes the game. But uh, I think most people are just going to be encouraged by the fact that he – sorry, there's a siren. I don't know if you can hear that. Uh, most people are going to be encouraged by the fact that he hit that three in the third preseason game. And that's where Corner he's going to have to – right in front of the Warriors bench. Yep. Yeah, live in the corner. <laughs> and hit those threes and, and try to get it to 35% if possible, at least 33%. And that's kind of what they're hoping out of Pascal. Yeah. I mean, 
I guess the hope is that he is not starting very many games at all because if he is, that means that Draymond probably isn't playing. Right. I just um, it's more of a terms rest, of closing. A rest versus sure. you know anything happens. Yeah. To to have him there to start in case that happens shows you the depth. And when it comes to closing, though, as as we have already discussed, there will be I think some times where he he's out there because. I was incredibly impressed with his defense in that first uh, preseason game uh, against the Nuggets, both off the ball and on the ball. I mean, I know that Paul Millsap is, is you know, older at this point and on the, the downward uh, slope of his uh, career, but he's as strong as it gets. And Eric Paschal, like, was stronger. I mean, he was, he was bodying him up and, and, and keeping him in front and forcing Millsap into some bad shots and, and a turnover. So, um I, I really, really like Eric Pascal. I know you do too. And um, he is going to have to adjust though, because he's not going to be getting a ton of shots. He's not going to play as many minutes consistently. So um, there will be uh, some bumps for him. I think figuring that out, when to be aggressive, when to look for his shot, when to kind of go ISO, because we know he can, he can score in ISO situations. But I just hope that the, the right knee soreness that caused him to sit out that second preseason game, even though, as you said, Steve Kerr said, if it was a regular season game, he would have played. I just hope that isn't something that actually lingers and, and gets worse because that would be, um, that would be, I'm sure, very frustrating for him to have to kind of deal with all season. Absolutely. And the Warriors need him. They really do if they want to be as good as they want to be. Um, Kent Bazemore is another guy, Drew, that could randomly be in the last lineup that's on the court. And it's just going to happen. He's going to have games where he's just so impactful. We saw that in game one. He he can be so impactful. He's so, he's a wild card out there. He'll do some things. You're like, oh, probably shouldn't have thrown the ball. That that, that was uh, uh, that was Steve Kerr's description. He's a wild card. Yeah. Um. But he he'll hit some threes. He's going to bring some tempo. He's going to bring some energy. Again, they could have used Kent Bazemore off the bench in some of those title years. Uh, he, he's, he's somebody that he kind of has the energy of a, like a Leandro Barbosa when he goes out there, things kind of just start picking up a little bit with him out there. And so there's going to be times, I think he will be a closing lineup guy and there'll be times where he just doesn't play as much as well. And that's kind of a theme with a lot of these rotation players. It, it'll just be kind of a fit in the feel of how they're playing. But Kent Bazemore, the, the Warriors at this point look like they, they hit gold in getting him on a minimum contract. Oh, a minimum deal. It's, it's, it's just unbelievable. And it, it is funny how he said in one of his first media sessions uh, over the last couple of weeks that, I mean, he had interest from a lot of other contenders, but the, he said the money was pretty much the same. So maybe he got a little bit more than the minimum uh, in terms of offers elsewhere, but came back to the Warriors for, for reasons that Warriors fans are well aware of his relationship with Steph and all that. But um, yeah, he, he's a little bit erratic at times for sure he, he turned the ball over a little bit too much in, in the preseason but that's also just you know pre-season. feeling his way at just getting comfortable and sometimes you force things a little bit just to see what you can get away with and where you're at with your skills and all that so overall um he he's he's gonna help he's gonna help big time and uh if, if he can just somehow play like he did in the first preseason game, every single time on the floor, he'll be the sixth man of the year. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about him too is his percentages uh, from three point percentage, they, they've, they, they're erratic as well over the last few seasons. But the thing about Kent Bazemore is 
when he's not forced into a role where he has to shoot a bunch of threes, when he gets to be a more spot-up shooter and pick those times, he could be a very efficient three-point shooter. So that's something to watch as well. If he just waits for that open shot, you might be seeing some good numbers out of Kent Bazemore in that way. Uh, you did mention some, uh, you said he could have had the minimum or he could have had a little bit more potentially offers. Well, the guy who got just a little bit more than a minimum is Brad Wanamaker. And speaking of a tale of three preseason games, um, first game, you're like, wow, this guy is a piece. This, it, this is nice. Second game, he had a three-minute, four-minute stretch where we're like, oh, this guy, he doesn't even know how to play basketball. Then he recovered. This last game, he was fantastic. I think you're going to see more Outside of Outside of one bad pass. Yes. The, one of the worst passes I think I've ever seen in my life. No. <laughs> that is what Warriors World uh, tweeted. Brad <laughs> Wanamaker with one of the worst passes in NBA history. I made a joke. Is that Bill Walton over there? Because you know how, how Bill is. But, yeah, it was really weird. Yeah. No, but Brad Wanamaker, from all accounts, they love him behind the scenes. And more importantly, I, I think you're going to see more of game one and game three out of Brad Wanamaker. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I actually think he's quicker and a little bit more, not, he's by no means flashy, but he moves shifty. really, yeah, he's more shifty than I expected. That's a good word. Um, I kind of thought he was going to be a stiff, just really just spot up, feed the ball around, but he moves a little bit. And I know you're going to be excited. We're going to show it a lot on our show throughout the season. The Iguodala stripped down. He's serious about it. He actually like, he he's gotten deflections and no, it's 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 quite aggressive steel block stocks which i don't know again i don't know how the score decides which one's a block and which one's a steal but um right yeah no he's he's gonna be good and i think warriors fans are gonna love his ability to hit a catch and shoot three yes and he knocked down um multiple threes um in the third preseason game against sacramento it, it's a little bit of a line drive. Yeah. So you, you're like, oh, maybe a little bit more arc, but that's just the way he shoots. And he, he makes him when he's open, catch and shoot and all that. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how much he plays alongside Steph. Yes. Because Steve Kerr has said that he foresees that happening at times. He's not just going to be Steph's backup. And that could be when we actually see Wanamaker um, – it seems counterintuitive, but he might score more when Steph's on the court. 100%. Than Catch when he's off the court. So, um, just a terrific signing. Um, he he is um, he's going to have some moments, too, where it's just like the Warriors won that game because he kept the Warriors afloat when Steph was on the bench. And then you're going to be like, wow is Brad Wanamaker as good a shooter as Steph Curry when he's wide open because Steph's setting him up. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Against some smaller lineups, there's a chance Wanamaker also closes a few games here and there. You're going to have some random person, the spacing he gives. And for his physicality defensively. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. There's, there's going to be some games with that. Um, The guy who was a little, you and I even talked about, we're like, I don't know how he's going to fit in after preseason game one, but Marquise Chris really turned it around. Um, especially in his hometown, Sacramento. And he, he was, um, he was really good off the bench for the Warriors and his energy starting to hit threes. He looked like the guy that came out of college. And um, I, I, I do think he's going to fit the role that the Warriors need is in a, a team that plays in transition, energy movement, 
Uh, he fits that very well. Defensively, you're going to see some mistakes. He's also not the biggest center. Uh, against big centers, he's going to struggle. Against a Son Whiteside, he's not going to do well in the post. But offensively, he's going to be fun out there, and I think the Warriors are going to really enjoy his presence. And when he sets those high ball screens for Steph and rolls, like he, he gets downhill with some force, yes. like he, and he can pass too. So he makes good decisions and um, you know, his ability to step out and knock down the three is going to matter because Kavon Looney, even though, as we talked about, he's trying to do it, but he hasn't done it consistently. James Wiseman, I don't think we're going to see him shooting threes too much early on. I mean, he might try to step out. We still haven't seen this guy. I, I, I can't handle it. It's, it's bothering me. The guy, me. Might, make, a second. guy may, might shoot five a game. We have no idea. <laughs> but Chris made three threes in that second game, and then he tried uh, a couple more in the third game. And his ability to space the floor is going to help at times with certain lineup combinations. But still, he has even acknowledged that he thinks his, his presence will be most felt attacking the basket in pick and roll situations. So it's just great to know that he is still understanding his role. Yeah. He didn't make three threes and then say, Oh, I'm going to end up, I'm getting buckets this year. (laughs) Like that's not, he's, he's got his head on right. And he's still only 23 years old and he's a really solid contributor off the bench and might have some games where he barely plays or doesn't play at all. And that's just how deep the warriors are. And it's a perfect segue to someone else who's in that same role, Jordan Poole. Yes, and the, and you're going to understand where I'm going with this. Jordan Poole and Damian Lee are going to compete for minutes, right? And I'm going to get the Damian Lee section out really quickly, and there's a reason why. He came in and did exactly what the Warriors think he's going to do. This Dunk person. on people. Dun- <laughs> 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 yeah, that I mean, good for Damian Lee, though. Oh my God, I got it. Steph's Instagram post was yeah, hilarious. No, that's fantastic. Now, Damien, he's energy. The Warriors know what they have with him. And he came in this preseason and did exactly what they know they have with him. Energy, hustle, hit threes. He, he's just, they love having him on the team. He's a veteran presence for a guy that hasn't been in the league that long. They love him. Sneaky steel getter as well. Yes. Always in passing lanes. On the weak side. He'll read plays and, and, uh, jump and get steals no he, he's just a really good player now the reason i threw him in this bunch is because we're talking about you know what you're going to get out of him the coaches know what they're going to get out of him the reason probably that jordan Poole got all the first minutes off the bench instead of lee was because they already know what they're getting out of lee they can kind of lee will be in and out of the rotation he'll have really big games like everyone else were saying or he'll have games where he's the first guy off the bench and there'll be games where he hardly gets off the bench at all. So now we move Lee to the side and we talk about the guy that they wanted to see what he's going to bring into the games now. And that's Jordan Poole. And Drew, I think you and I can agree. I think we were most impressed by Jordan Poole in the preseason out of any player in terms of our expectations of where he'd be at and where he's actually at right now. And I think instead of the, before we talk about the numbers or the percentages or anything, his presence out there was – he wasn't the same player. He really wasn't. He was so calm, so collected out there, didn't make any bad decisions. I think you had a tweet where you, you said, I don't think I've seen him make a bad decision yet in these games. 
his his shooting was relaxed. He was not erratic at all. He just he seemed like a different player. He has a new look. Yeah. He tweeted at me the haircut thing. I mean, everyone has has commented on it. It is true. Like he's just he just truly looks more of a professional. Yeah. Like even his demeanor. He's not getting super animated and excited. He's just doing things very matter-of-factly. Um, he's a guy who has really been emotional on the court. And I think that last season he, uh, was somewhat humbling for him, even though he came on strong at the end. And I think he realizes, wow, if I really want to have a consistent place in this league, like all the, the extracurricular stuff, like just get rid of it and just be a, a pro and Steve Kerr has said he, he worked harder than anybody in the offseason. And, yeah, it isn't even about the numbers. It is just a qualitative thing. Like, just the way he was moving. He, he was under control. He was less um, – just his limbs weren't flying around everywhere. He <laughs> yeah. was under – he was just – man, he was stoic. He was calm. He was poised. And even though, yes, there's going to be some games where, like, I'm Ken Bazemore, Brad Wanamaker um, – especially when Draymond and Wiseman come back and the domino effect, like he, he's not going to play. And Steve Kerr said, specifically with Damian Lee, Jordan Poole can learn something from Damian in that you might not be pegged to play on a given night, but then something happens in the game and you get called upon and you better be ready because that is really difficult to be able to, to have that skill. So um, really intrigued by Jordan Poole and, just hope that he's able to stay ready given his inconsistent role most likely throughout the season. Yeah, yeah, completely. And just, I mean, just watching his shot, his shot looked like there was less moving parts. Yes. It was very just... Fluid. Everything was fluid when he went to the rim versus when he pulled up in the paint for a little jumper. He made the right decisions there. Everything just... It was clicking. He did get blocked by Hassan Whiteside once in the second preseason game. He forced but, the shot. It was the only yeah. bad decision he's made. Yeah, but that I remember that shot actually, and I remember every now and then you got to try to kind of try it out, <laughs> see where you're at. Well, especially because I think he probably thought, "Oh, there's no, no way Whiteside's going to try to block this because he doesn't even realize that Steph Curry's on the court." Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point, actually. Um, but yeah, Jordan Poole uh, just he impressed. And again, it's preseason, by the way. Everything we just said is encouraging stuff but it's preseason and it's been three games and who cares about that stuff right at the end of the day you need to see it consistently in the regular season we're just looking for trends and qualitative stuff right now that's why we're not mentioning quantitative numbers and efficiency and all those things as much we could have said jordan Poole shot like 120 percent in in preseason he shot very well but that's not the point. The point is, is what he looks like out there and the way he's doing it. That's what you hope for coming up. Um, this is our time. Mulder uh, wants us Connor Anderson. We don't know what their final decision is. By the time this comes out, they could have made a final decision. Mulder shot very well from three. He didn't do much otherwise. Uh, wants Connor Anderson does the intangibles, but he doesn't score. So it's really what they are, what they're looking for. Um, there's a few other options as well. Uh, Nico Mannion. I know people are excited to talk about him. The thing I noticed most about him, he's a better defender than I expected at this point. And more importantly, his handle is tight. I thought he was going to be just a score, you know, just like all athleticism. But man, he, 
he might have one of the tightest handles on the team right now. Like he, he can move. Which he's, I mean, he's point guard. I mean, he, he's used to have the ball in his hands in high school and Arizona, he was running the show. So yeah, he's good at navigating, you know, high ball screens and attacking and then kicking out to shooters. It's all going to come down to his shot. He has not shown that he can do it consistently. He's one year at Arizona. And then even in the preseason, just, you know, was, did, didn't shoot the ball well, but um, on a two-way contract, him and Jeremy Lin are just going to dominate the bubble. They're, they're going to dominate. <laughs> um, Draymond Green, we don't know. He looks like he's in good shape. We don't know. They're going to do these hard scrimmages. We hope he's ready to go. I, I can't imagine him not being in the court on the first day against Kevin Durant and the he Nets. He is starting and playing 30-plus <laughs> minutes against the Nets. And if exactly. you think otherwise, you're insane. Yeah, unless something, God forbid, goes wrong between then and now. But um, it sounds – James Wiseman said Draymond's mentoring him which is the best news anyone could have possibly heard if you're a fan of James Wiseman and the Warriors, because that means that he's getting it from the very best. Wiseman, for, as you said, all accounts is just an absolute monster. They, again, everyone cautions you. They go, he's got a lot to learn, but he's massive. He's fast. He's athletic. It's something that they've never had before. Um, and Drew, if we're talking about it, if he's available to play and they comfortable enough, it's probably DeAndre Jordan starting game one and if there's a perfect person to match up against DeAndre Jordan where you don't have to worry about him stepping out and shooting a three or anything it's pretty much cut and dry stop this guy you know and probably coming out and hedging on pick and roll I feel like Wiseman against DeAndre Jordan makes sense yeah I mean everyone has said that James Wiseman's floor <laughs> is peak DeAndre Jordan from his time with the Clippers and Lob City and all of that it is interesting that even though, um, by the way, is it Wiseman or Weissman? Have you seen some of the tweets? I have. We're, we're going to have to, let's, um, let's find a way to ask James this because it's, I don't want to mispronounce this whole time. Everyone has said Wiseman, even all the college basketball analysts and whatnot. And it, we've never like heard him correct them or anything. But, which, but Adam Silver when he announced the draft pick, said Weissman. I mean, like Penny Hardaway has been on our air. You would think that maybe he would have corrected people. So yeah, this is, we need to, the world deserves his answer. Hashtag Weissman gate. I mean, that changes everything. If we're going to have to be saying Weissman or Weissman. How do we even analyze him at this point? We can't even say his name. You know what? It's very fitting actually that we don't even know. know what he looks like on the court. <laughs> and we don't even know how to say his name at this point. Who is this guy? So it is funny how, even though he has not played yet, Steve Kerr did not rule out him starting opening night in, in Brooklyn. Um, I, 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 I just want to see him play basketball. I think that's fair. Yeah. It, I, he's still this unknown like we've seen some footage that the Warriors have have put out there, but like we don't know. No one knows anything. Nope. So I, I mean, he he has the potential to swing the season, possibly. <laughs> or he has a potential to not be a factor at all. I, I don't I don't know. It 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 doesn't seem like that, just based on everything we're saying. I thought Steve Kerr had the funniest comment kind of so far when he said like 
you know, Warriors fans want him to be like David Robinson immediately when he steps on the floor, but you have to compare him to sophomore year at Navy, David Robinson. And then people were like, well, sophomore year, David Robinson averaged 24 <laughs> points, almost 12 rebounds, four blocks and a steal while shooting 64% at Navy his sophomore year. So, so he'll be the MVP of the league. Uh, yeah, the I bar saw, has been um, set high our, even when he was trying to lower the bar. I, I got to give some credit. I saw our own Dalton Johnson. Yes. Dalton. Correct. Great tweet. Great tweet, Dalton. At Speedy Oil Change and Auto Service, our total trust guarantee gives you 20-20 vision into everything we do. From service bay cameras to service bay views to our transparent pricing each and every day. Speaking of price, now get $10 off any 17-point oil change. Go to speedyoil.com slash save for your coupon today. Most vehicles discount off a regular price. See store for details. Charge for additional parts service if needed. Let's let's wrap this up by we've made some predictions in the past, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about predictions on the season, okay? Warriors wins, where they finish in the West. In my bold predictions article, yep. I said the Golden State Warriors will go 44 and 28. The reason I said that is I wanted to see what around a 50 game, 50 win season would be in a regular um, year at 82 games. That's about 44 and 28. I think that's what the team looks like to me, a 50 win, se- uh, 50 win season. If that were last season, that gets you in about the five range, five seed in the playoffs in the West. That's where I'm kind of looking. That's I, I think injuries will be an issue a little bit. It's just a fact. There will be things, COVID, there, there, it's going to be a weird, weird year. But just with the chemistry and them finally finding the right rhythm, my faith that Curry and Draymond will play up to the levels we expected them, this and that, I think they have the ability to be that team that is a five-seed and scare some teams. But unless they make a move, unless they make an actual move with that DPE or something at the trade deadline, I do not see them winning the title this season. Now, is five – like the best case scenario was that is that bold in your opinion no 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 that's not my bold that's just where i think that's my guess um, but that is bold considering where a lot of the other yeah. outlets no. and computer algorithms have the warriors i think their their ceiling is the four or three um i think their floor is about injuries if, if they get injured or steph gets hurt or whatever you're not making the playoffs but i would say if they all stay healthy the whole season I would say my floor for them, seven or eight. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to oh, go with if five. if they stay healthy, I'm seeing falling to seven or eight. If that's like – That's their floor. If that's Steph misses eight games, if Draymond – You know no, what I'm I mean? If stays healthy and Draymond's – he doesn't really find his rhythm again. And he's – you know, all, there's – that's their floor is seven or eight okay. if healthy. But I'm going to go with five between the two. We're going to talk about this kind of early on because we on, on outsiders because I mean, we have to uh, because we have we can't let some games play out and then see yeah you know I was concerned make the Dallas up. Mavericks make no you got to make a prediction about the Warriors if that, unless oh no I'm like, going to okay. I'm going to okay but I'm just saying that like everyone seems to be pretty down on the Warriors and when I say everyone I mean like national outlets and the way that they are predicting things we've seen second worst record in the west we've seen 10th or 11th we've seen barely barely getting into the playoffs and the playing tournament all that and it's funny because a lot of it is 
uh, people baking in an injury to Steph Curry or not having confidence in Draymond Green, whatever, whatever. You look at the Dallas Mavericks, right? And Luka Doncic, people think he's going to be the MVP of the league and all that. Like, Kristaps Porzingis might not play until February. Right. And I think people need to be calling that out as a humongous variable because while Dallas has depth and they have good players surrounding Luka, who's a superstar, not having Porzingis, like, it wouldn't surprise me if Dallas ends up in the seven or eight range simply because they're going to be without their second best player for a long time. Yeah. And, and I, I don't, I don't know how bold this is, but without KP, the Warriors are a better team than the Mavericks. Agreed. I, I don't care if Luca is right. Unbelievable. Cause guess what? I'd still take Steph Curry right now. Like, <laughs> or so, even if they're equal, I still like the pieces. Necess- Draymond Green is still a warrior. You have Uber Wiggins. Like I, I would still take the Warriors starting five I, over the Mavs. I would as well. Um, and Dallas needs to be better defensively and all of that. It's also funny because, like, the Lakers clearly are, when it matters, they'll be one of the, the two or three best teams for sure. But based on how they're going to treat the regular season, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers end the regular season as, like, the four seed. And, I, and I'm serious about that. If they, if they really slow play LeBron, and LeBron yes. knows that he doesn't have to go as hard. Because when it comes to playoff time, they have the best roster in basketball right now. So... Yeah, I I still think the Clippers are going to be awesome. But anyway, no, I'm not saying I, I'm a like huge. Serge, they're the going to be awesome. Be great. Yeah. Um, my kind of like sleeper team that I think might legitimately be like the three seed in the West is the Utah Jazz. I I think that their their continuity, Derek Favors being back. Um, I guess one possible hiccup is Rudy Gobert's ext- uh, contract yeah. situation because he might be frustrated. But I think Utah is going to be really really good in the regular season. Portland is going to be really good. I like Portland's team. Like their depth is With is Nurkic, awesome. Nurkic and Covington changes the game for them. And even though Zach Collins hasn't lived up to expectations and he's been injured, like Portland is going to win a lot of games. They are. Yes. I'm actually kind of down on the Denver Nuggets. And it's I'm not with you. Because, it's not just because the way they looked in the first preseason game. Who cares about that? Like losing Jeremy Grant was huge. Um, Jamal Murray has to prove it to me outside the bubble. Jokic is awesome. I get it. So Millsap's a year older. Yes. Um, Michael Porter Jr. Offensively for sure, but defensively. Um, I mean, we're both saying they're an incredible team. It's just, yes. are they ready to take that leap to title contender immediately? I don't know. So the uh, Memphis Grizzlies people kind of want to put them up high, but Jaron Jackson is out. Yeah, like that's, that's, that's awful. Massive. And then Phoenix Suns. I mean, they – they're very unproven, but Chris Paul does change things for them. And Jay Crowder, they brought in good guys, but you got to prove it before I yeah, start. The bubble it. to me. The bubble, throw uh, out the bubble. I don't care about the bubble. Not the bubble. Um, the Pelican, I know, is Zion. People really want to be high on them, but I'm not believing that until, until I see it. So, I mean, I really, really, truly believe that there are only two – or three teams that, like, I would say are, are definitely going to finish higher than the Warriors. Like, no doubt about it. And I would say that's the Clippers. I, I, I actually think you'll disagree with me. I really do think the Utah Jazz are – No, I, 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 you, I told you last year I thought the Jazz are one of the better teams. If Bogdanovich is in yeah. the bubble, 
the he Nuggets over 20. Not, no one would be taught like they would have lost was, that series. He was. I know everyone loves Donovan Mitchell, and he's an absolute stud in the bubble. But Bogdanovich was their more most consistent, best offensive player throughout the season last year. So the Lakers, even though I did just say it wouldn't surprise me if they slipped to four, I do think they'll finish better than the Warriors in the regular season. So yes, we kind of just went over the Western Conference landscape. I haven't given my prediction yet. I think you're um, going to finish at five with me. I. It'd be kind of boring if we if we both said five, honestly. <laughs> uh, I'm the one who is the biggest Draymond Green advocate there is out there, so it'd be weird for me to pull back on that. If I think him and Steph are going to be incredible, then you would think that I would say, oh, well, then I, I'm going to go with the Warriors with the four seed. Um, you would think. You would think. But we're talking about these other concerns with other teams. Just and I make think your damn prediction. Here it is. The Warriors are going to finish with the sixth seed, and they are going to upset whoever finishes with the three seed in the first round of the playoffs, just like the 2013 Warriors did, because Kent Bazemore is back, and he was on <laughs> that 13 team. Just give me – what's a win total that you think you can get him at six seed? Around 44? I, I Sure. The win – to me, that's that doesn't really matter. The with the with the schedule split in half and set the win total, whatever. I'm just going to say the six seed. Um, and do they win the title? No, the Warriors are not going to win the championship. Um, no, they're not going to win the championship this year. I agree. Um, feels but, weird. I think betting against Curry and Draymond if they're healthy, but it's just, there's just too many good teams and correct. a bunch of seven game series. It's, it's tough. There's too much uncertainty with will there be fans when the playoffs right. start? Like, who knows? But I'm going to say – By the way, the East is also loaded at the top. So it's like – Loaded. We're just talking about the West right now. Even if the Warriors made it to the, to the championship game, which I have doubts about, I mean, you have to face the championship game, the series, then the yeah, finals. Yeah. If Steph Curry and Draymond Green each play 65-plus games, okay – the Warriors are not falling below that six seed. They're not. I, 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 I'm confidently going to say that and will be very, very surprised if that happens. Now, I guess you could say, well, what if Oubre and Wiggins get hurt? Okay, sure. But, like, we can say this about every team. Yes. Um, the Warriors are not going to finish worth, worse than sixth. I'm kind of trying to not be a homer, truly. No, and I'm just going to say six. But I think they could honestly be fourth. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if Steph and Draymond are out there. So predictions, man, this is like the hardest year to ever do it, but we have to do it. This is what we do. You know, it's more fun. Um, Drew, obviously we're going to be working a lot very soon. Four days Can't away. Wait. You and I will be doing some outsiders. I am so pumped. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, rate, subscribe to Dubs Talk. Share it. I, I, we want your opinions. You know, it, send us messages. Tweet it out. What you think, your predictions. And, and really, at the end of the day, um, we're just so excited to have all of you with us for the, what should be one of the crazier seasons in the history of NBA and just the Warriors. And I will not be back on this podcast unless Wendy's hooks it up. <laughs> all right. We'll never see you again. All right, everyone. Thank <laughs> you again. And have a merry, merry Christmas.
Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.